Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. Welcome to another episode of Changing the Story. We have an amazing guest today, Dr. Maher Albatar. He has extensive experience in anatomic clinical pathology, mythology, and molecular pathology. Most recently, Dr. Albatar was the Senior Vice President and Chief Medical Officer at Neogenomics Laboratories. Dr. Albatar has published more than 300 peer-reviewed papers, book chapters, and review articles. He is the lead inventor on more than 50 different patents and patent applications. He is a well-recognized leader in molecular and genomic diagnosis research and development. Dr. Albatar, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Neil and uh, Michael. Just for clarifications, I am the CEO and the CMO of Genomic Testing Cooperative today. Well, great. We'll update on your bio. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Dr. Albatar. As a visionary, what is the story that you want to bring to the world? Well, uh, our story is uh, focused on making genomics the basis of the practice of oncology and hematology. Our story is to bring genomics into everyday practice of uh, oncology and taking care of patients. We are doing it differently by cooperations, which is really a revolution in the field of diagnostics. Diagnostics in general is where based on silos, different companies, and as a matter of fact, even different institutions and academic institution work separately. We are uh, changing that and making it based on cooperations and, uh, um, uh, uh, and bringing the advances of genomics through this cooperation. So Dr. Albatar, I know there's a lot of people who may not be familiar with genomics and its role in medicine and how it might help us do like, you know, precision medicine. Maybe you could share a little bit about genomics and the importance of it in healthcare overall. Well, if I focus on only oncology, you know, cancer in principle, it is genomic disease. So cancer start by making changes to our uh, genome, to some of the cells. And this is when cancer starts. So it is practically the basic for all cancers. And uh, targeted therapy today and precision medicine really rely on finding out these molecular abnormalities and trying to target them. But in addition to that, um, even if two individuals have the same type of cancers, they might really um, uh, be, the cancer as well as the treatment as well as the outcome might be different dependent on the on the genomic background of the two individuals. And so it is very important to understand the genomics in the cancer as well as in the host. And that's really what's gonna, what's gonna change how oncology practice. 
So for people that are just beginning to understand how genomics works, what was the, the breakthrough? Because we're talking about precision, precision medicine and a different way of, of dealing with cancer. What, what is the breakthrough from a technological standpoint that allows you to, to reach these advances in what you're doing today? All practical purpose, revolution of genomics started when the whole human genome started, which was around 1991. And uh, uh, the nation actually spent uh, more than $2.5 billion to sequence the first human genome. And uh, the human genome uh, was sequenced and finished around 2005. And after spending, you know, $2.5 uh, uh, billion for that, now we can really do it within a week or less than a week. And it costs us, at least material-wise, about 1000 bucks or 2000 bucks. This is where the genomic revolution started. But the, uh, finding the sequence of the genomes uh, and, and the detail is the easy part, but understanding and figuring out how to use this massive data that we generate from genomics is the hardest part and the most complex part. And this is where the current innovation is taking place. And this is where cooperation is needed to uh, take these information, massive informations, and use it in the clinical practice, in everyday uh, oncology practice, as well as, as a matter of fact, it, is, it can be expanded to all other diseases, especially autoimmune diseases, inflammatory diseases, even the infectious diseases, it's relevant for that. But at least for our company, we are focused on the oncology and on cancer. Wow. Given the, the power of genomics here, I mean, how far along are we in actually using it to do some of these things? Like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are probably thinking with COVID-19 right now, are we trying to use genomics to help combat the virus or even find a vaccine? Absolutely. There are a lot of work going on using genomics to try to figure out why, for example, get uh, the infections but uh, um, you know, just walking around has no symptoms. Others may have some symptoms, but not that severe. Versus some other patients, they need uh, you know uh, to go to ICU, and it is very severe and can really cause the death of, of these patients. So genomics is uh, currently being investigated um, to distinguish between these people. In addition, of course, it is always genomics as well as what other diseases or what other uh, changes that happen to these individuals that make them uh, uh, different. At the same time, we are looking at the genomic of the virus itself and how it is changing from one region to the next regions. So it is very active work currently going on uh, using genomics in COVID-19 uh, uh, crisis. So we had a, a guest recently talking, that came on the show and was talking about personalized education. And so the idea behind it was for the longest time uh, in our classrooms, our teachers were speaking to all students at once and addressing the students as if all the students were at the same level generally. 
But the breakthrough that this company had was they were looking at the students on an individual basis and assessing them to see where they were at, right? And if you knew where they were at, then you could teach them accordingly and then they could progress accordingly. It seems like we're doing something similar with the, the work that you're doing when it comes to uh, oncology and that you are targeted uh, the treatment based on the specific genetic makeup of the individual. And I wonder if you could talk about what this bodes for the entire medical community that we can begin to treat patients based on their specific genetic background and why this is so important. That's uh, exactly correct. You know, this is where current medicine is going. So it, we look at the person as a whole and how different, how his constitution is different from the next patient's but at the same time, we look at the cancer itself, and we know there are no two cancers the same. Each cancer is also individual, and these cancers also they keep on changing. You know, the cancers, uh, you know, in a sense, they are smart, or they adapt to how we treat them, and uh, they try to come up with new tricks uh, and to to survive. So. It is a continuous process, and this is where the genomics uh, um, and what we do in terms of analyzing the genomic changes in the cancer as well as in the human, trying to put them together. And uh, doing that, this, uh, we need very highly sophisticated uh, mathematicals and uh, uh, deep learning artificial intelligence to allow us to do that. But the key things about it, one individual company, one individual group can and it requires cooperation uh, from multiple institutions. I mean, as a matter of fact, if you take um, the, the issues about testing for, uh, for the COVID-19, in my opinion, if we had more corporations, the testing ha would have being really uh, 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 delivered to, 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 uh, to individuals and to the country much more faster than you know, what, what we saw happening in each group, each institution, and it is, uh, each company trying to develop their own tests versus what we are trying to do is that we all work together and disseminate the knowledge and the information to various laboratories uh, when it comes to genomics and the cancer treatment. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting you talk about kind of collaboration and sharing, maybe sharing of data and, and artificial intelligence because in my IBM Watson days, um, I remember there was a, a Japanese woman that she wasn't feeling well and her longtime doctor couldn't figure out what was going on. She saw a bunch of specialists and for several months that they couldn't pinpoint what was going wrong. Everything they tried didn't work. And they, they finally said, let's try IBM Watson. And so Watson took all the work all these doctors did, and also studied her genomics, and a couple other things, and basically suggested that she had two rare forms of leukemia, which actually was immediately discounted, but they tested for them. And she tested positive for both of them. And they, they were actually able to uh, you know, start a treatment plan. But it, I think it kind of shows in some of the challenges in that one, there's probably a little bit of lack of trust in some of the technology, and two, that you know people aren't as talking as much, and 
you know, I think your example of, of COVID-19 is a good example of that where everyone's kind of racing off and you know, things in a silo and maybe we move faster if there's more cooperation and collaboration. I mean, given these like two big challenges, what what can we do or what, what are, or what are people doing to like overcome this so that we can kind of accelerate our ability to diagnose and treat people? Right, and uh, you know, I must say, uh, diagnosis and and accurate evaluation of patient and the accurate uh, um, uh, understanding of what's going on in the patient is not that simple. And currently, there's a lot of subjectivities and variations between different individuals and where you go. And uh, no question in medicine, we need uh, more uh, solid data to drive whether it is diagnosis or even making decisions for therapy. And uh, this is where uh, I think uh, data will make a huge difference. So uh, informations, and especially when information are collected based on what we are doing, which are really more accurate based on the genomics rather than based on how you feel about the patient or what's the uh, symptoms only. Currently, with, uh, there are so many ways where we can quantify the symptoms as well as quantify the abnormalities in the patients. And if we put all that into algorithms, this is where more precise diagnosis, more precise decision can be made for the sake of these patients, but that's required data. And you cannot really collect data if you do not co uh, cooperate and collaborate and get this uh, uh, big data together and have it to work together. So, to get big data, you need to collect that data, as you know, need to be collected in very consistent fashion. And um, a, a, the advantage of our company is that we are trying to standardize the generation of this data, especially the genomic data, because it's a new field, you know. So we are trying to standardize how this data is generated. So when it is used in big data for analysis, it can be more useful and more practical for making decisions. We all know today that, uh, um, you know, it, it frequently there are a lot of things based on, uh, uh, based on um, standard of care. They don't really read what the standard of care or what's the classifications. So you need to go out of that standards and figure out what's really um, uh, out there in, in a database, in large database, that's similar to the patient, this individual patient you are dealing with and come up with answer and say, you know, based on uh, 100 cases or 200 cases or even 20 cases, that uh, we can really find that are similar to this situation, the treatment that worked you know, for this particular patient is, is so and so. And actually, you know, let's try it, especially after we failed everything else. So this is very important and, uh, 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 and this is why we are different. 
So now that you have these, these capabilities and we're now beginning to treat patients on an individual basis based on their genetic background, what does this bode for health outcomes? Let's say it's five years from now, 10 years from now. What does the cancer landscape look like based on, these, on the, the current applications and what you're doing in this field? Well, our hope and the hope of the entire scientific community is cancer similar to other chronic diseases, you know, is no different than diabetes and high, high blood pressure. People, you know, get it and survive it and live with it and, uh, and uh, go on with their, with their life. That's really what's the goal. But I, you know, I must emphasize, we are we just starting this revolution. We are on the, uh, in the beginning toward this path. You know, but uh, uh, our goal to accelerate uh, uh, this path and to get uh, there and, uh, faster than, than, uh, than if we were to work individually and separately. Right. So it's interesting. I like the word we're starting this revolution or the phrase. Um, you know, it, it sounds like as we kind of we were expanding out to different areas. What are the things we need to kind of fuel that expansion or fuel that revolution? Uh, again, I think it is collaborations and uh, um, my opinion, you know, as well as education. Uh, uh, I mean, for all fairness, uh, uh, this science and this technology is coming to this field very recently. Um, even currently medical schools, I'm afraid they really don't teach some of these very advanced you know, methods and very advanced approaches. So uh, uh, um, uh, there's a lot of education need to be done for, um, you know, to educate. Uh, uh, first of all, here is insurance companies and bears for healthcare. Second, educate uh, physicians Third, educate the public about this. And uh, uh, you know, I always believe in uh, grassroots uh, um, uh, uh, initiatives that really make change, whether it is in medicine or not. Um, uh, patients nowadays, they go to their physician and tell them, uh, you know, we need this and we like likely to do the following test and so on. So education is, is very important and uh, making everybody understand the value of uh, this kind of informations and how it's gonna really change the practice as at the same time reducing the cost on, the, on, uh, on healthcare. You know, we all complain and we know that our healthcare cost is really uh, uh, very high and, and, and it keeps on going higher, but Bringing in a, a, a new technology, sometimes as a reflex, uh, people don't want to, they think it's going to really add to the current cost. No, the whole purpose is to reduce the cost to replace old technologies that it is no longer valuable and coming up with a new technology that's going to be more precise and less costly. And, and frankly, um, uh, this is where genomic uh, is coming and it is going to replace a lot of uh, diagnostic methodology currently used uh, uh, 
and uh, uh, take it to a new level. But on top of that, you give a patient very expensive therapy, but if this therapy is not going to work for that patient, frankly, uh, you are not saving money. You are contrary, you are wasting a lot of money in addition to the suffering and uh, perhaps compromising or doing harm to the patient. By choosing the right therapy for that particular patient, you are saving, you know, in, uh, 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 saving money, but on top of that, you are saving suffering, you know, and improving the care of these patients. So all these actually need to be um, explained and the, um, the public as well as, uh, um, in my opinion, you know, the business people in, 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 uh, in healthcare need to understand that and adapt new technology and accept it and, um, and, and figure out how to use it better. Well, we definitely want to see that this revolution happen, what you're talking about, and to definitely want to reduce suffering. So how can people uh, learn more about your work? How can they get in touch with you and find out about the great stuff that you're doing? Uh, they can reach uh, uh, us online. Uh, check our uh, website, which is genomictestingcooperative.com. Genomictestingcooperative, one word, dot com. So we have a lot of information there, and we are located in uh, uh, California, Irvine, California. And uh, welcome anybody to come and visit as soon as uh, this is allowed and the COVID-19 is behind us. Wonderful. Thank you very much for being on our show today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Albatar. This is wonderful. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment. If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you.